0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to Foundation Friday number 73. And this week we are going to talk about chemistry killers and stuff that you need to look for to make sure that chemistry is not ruined within your program from the inside out. I'll start with the Don Meyer saying that he used to say quite often. Out of the 21 greatest empires in the history of the world, 19 of them were ruined from the inside out. Oftentimes we're so worried about what everybody else is doing and this player on this other team and scouting this set or this defense or this offense that we sometimes neglect what's going on within our own program and making sure that our chemistry is taken care of there. So I'm going to run through two or three, four different things here, different lists that I know that I've picked up along the way. Uh, So if you've heard these, I apologize. If you haven't, I think they're really good lists. Uh, But here we're going to go with eight ways that players can ruin chemistry that you need to tell your players, hey, this is how you can ruin chemistry within our team. Number one, Jealousy. You're jealous of another person's uh, state on the team, their playing time, uh, their shots, whatever it may be. Number two, cynicism. Not really believing that your teammates or your coaches really believe in you or anything to do with that. Number three, ego. Thinking that you're a lot better than you really are. Number four, a very inflexible personality. Somebody You you just refuse to change and adapt your game or your skill set to help the team in the way that you've been asked to. Number five, a lack of discipline. You're doing things either on or off the court or both that is hurting the team, hurting the program, and not putting yourself or your team in the best place. Number six, lack of passion. You're just not working hard. You don't have that love for the game. You don't have that thing that you need to have within the 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 desires of making yourself a great player or a great team number seven excuses you're always making excuses for why you're not delivering or why the team isn't delivering ultimately you've got to find a way to figure it out and get the job done or as Belichick often and very famously says do your job and the eighth thing that you can do to ruin team chemistry is be a front runner Be somebody that is, you know, when things are going great, you're really into it, but you're the first one to criticize everything when things aren't going great. Directly from Pat Riley and his book, The Winner Within, here are six danger signals of the disease of me. And the very first thing that was on our last list, jealousy. Number three, ego. Number five, a lack of discipline. Number six, a lack of passion. All of these things can indicate, and these six things can indicate and underline those thoughts of being selfish, thinking of yourself, more of yourself, uh, rather than thinking of the team first. So, number one, chronic feelings of underappreciation. You don't feel like other people are appreciating what you do. Nobody wants to hear the person in the locker room in, in, around the the coach's table that is oh man you're not seeing what all I'm bringing to the table so forth and so on now it's it's naturally to think like that from time to time whether that's a personal relationship or a coaching relationship but you cannot bring about these chronic feelings of underappreciation number 2 paranoia over being cheated out of one's rightful share you know you're always worried about who's getting the credit am i getting the credit why am i not getting the credit Thoughts like that and and actions like that 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 play off of that. Number three, leadership vacuums resulting from a formation of cliques and rivalries. When you allow your team to be these three or four players here, these two or three players here, these three or four players here, these one or two players here, when you allow those cliques to happen, that's when rivalries uh, can step into place within your own team and you do not have any leadership at all. You are a rudderless ship at that point. Number four, feelings of frustration even when the team performs successfully. You have that player that is not happy even when the team wins because they didn't play or they didn't get enough shots up or things like that. That is a major, major red flag of that person who is not all in to what is good for the team. Number five, your personal effort is only given when you're trying to outshine a teammate. I'm going after Frank here. And I want Frank's job. And that's the only time I'm going to play really hard. And then when that person finally beats out Frank, that's when the problems happen, because then they quit working hard. And then you got to put Frank back in. And that causes a whole bunch of issues right there. And the last thing, when you see these danger signals of the disease of me, number six here, resentment of the competence of others or the refusal to admit their contribution. You cannot look at mary and say mary's doing a great job she's our best rebounder we need mary in there you're sitting there going ah i could go in there and rebound as much as mary could i you know what it's no big deal anybody can do what mary can do those type of things those kind of statements that's when you know that you are that you have players that are more concerned about themselves than they are the good of the program i can't remember where i got this but there's three fights within every team every year this might have be a coach meyer thing the competition in front of you, and that's the most obvious one, and that's the hardest one to deal with, the team that's ahead of you that that night. You're playing West High or East High, and that's the opponent. That's the number one thing. Second thing that you fight every year is the competition from outside influences. For us as high school coaches, parents, and the dinner table problems, club coaches, and they're saying, well, this is your role on our club team. I don't know why you're not playing for more for your high school team. Significant others, i.e. boyfriends or girlfriends, friends that sit around the the lunch table, say, ah, you know what, Billy, you should be starting ahead of Freddy. You're way better than him. I know you're better than him. Those are the, the, that's another thing. And you can't, it's hard to control that one. The third thing is the division from within, your chemistry, your roles, shots, playing time. I think it's really, really important, important, and if there's anything that I've learned over the years Almost every team deals with each one of these three issues every season. How you address those issues, how you deal with those issues, and whatever team deals with those issues the best are the teams that usually get through their seasons with the best experiences and the best chemistry. How are you prepared before the season even starts to talk about the competition in front of you the competition of outside influences, and the competition of the team itself and the divisions and the personalities within the team. Last thing I want to deal with here on Foundation Friday number 73 is talking to your players, and when you have that player, who is that player who is who is not all in, and perhaps indicating or showing a lot of these behaviors uh, where they are chemistry killers. Here are some good questions that you can ask those players that will maybe help redirect where their minds are and to help get them into the proper place. What are some things that you could have done differently? Ask them. What are some things? If if you're in this situation, can you look back on your own efforts and go, what could you have done differently to prevent this from happening? Second thing, and I love this one, and I've had to use this one a couple of times in my career. So you're not playing as much. Whose minutes should you take? Who should play less so that you, because you should be playing more? Who are you legitimately outplaying to the point where I need to take those minutes away from Pete or Ralph? And oftentimes, players don't even think about that concept, and that puts them back on their heels. And it's not a thing where you want to intimidate your players. It's not a thing where you're trying to pick on your players or reduce their confidence even further, but every once in a while you just have to be brutally honest and say, "Okay, if you're going to if you're going to ask these questions or if you're going to bring us these behaviors, then you help me solve the problem. Help me figure out what is best for you and also what is best for the team." Another thing you can ask, "What have you done in practice to Make me feel better about playing you more in competitions. What are the things that you've done in practice that we as coaches should be looking at you going, God, we got to play Susie or Mary a heck of a lot more than what we're playing her right now. Last thing I'm going to leave with here, when you have a player or a parent who, let's say the player is at the freshman level and they think that they should be on the JV team. Here's a question. This comes straight from Coach Terman out at Scott Catholic with the football team. What are you doing at your current level that is so dominant that we should move you up to the next level? What are you doing that is affecting games so much at the freshman level that we need to take you and immediately move you up to the JV level? And before players should be thinking about the next level, they need to take care of their current level and and we get caught up in that as coaches sometimes we're thinking about the next job without taking care of our current job for our players sometimes they look at their current position and they're looking so forward ahead to their next step that they're not taking care of business on their current step so foundation friday number 73 I hope you folks have enjoyed it. Uh, it's, it's it's a passion project of mine to create the best chemistry that you possibly can. Anybody who says that chemistry is not a big deal within a team, have a season where you don't have good chemistry and then come back to me and tell me how you feel about team chemistry. It's not about all about skill work. It's not all about schemes. The most important thing you can do is take care of your own team, and you have to be aware. You have to be uh, at your Highest awareness level at all times when it comes to chemistry, team chemistry, building roles, creating roles for as many players as you can, help having them know, accept, embrace, and excel at their roles. And you have to look out for the warning signs where those chemistry issues may come up and affect everything within the program, including you. We got a Pen and a Napkin University starting this coming Monday coaches you need to get signed up for it there's still time to sign up for it but we're looking forward to getting that thing started next week we need uh, folks to get involved with it it's going to be a really really good thing for you i guarantee you it's going to help again we're talking about this today dealing with chemistry issues our first topic communication with players and that's where a lot of chemistry issues start at coaches as always let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time